from summer vacation, everybody. Welcome. I hope everybody had a nice, relaxing time. Seemed too short. But now it is time to get down to business here at the Umbrella Pod Academy. I'm Alex. And I'm Justin, the bad kid in the back of class. I don't do the homework, but I still get by somehow. Hey, turn your hat frontwards. No, cool I won't with do his hat it. Backwards. <laughs> I won't do it, Assistant Principal LePage. <laughs> I'm Pete. And we are kicking off Season 2 of the Umbrella Academy. We are yep. right back where we started with the first episode here. We are jumping into it. Now, just to set a little groundwork, first of all, we are going to give a very broad overview of the episode. Uh, so, spoiler heavy, if you haven't watched it, watch it before this, please. But... Let's talk about season one, and let's also talk about season two. Now, uh, I don't know if this has changed, but when we talked about the end of season one, Justin, Pete, both of you had not watched season two, so you're watching episode by episode. I have watched season two. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so that kind of gives us a little bit of that groundwork there. Um, I know we had some mixed reactions to the first season, right? Peep, very positive. Yeah. I was pretty negative. Justin, I think you're right in the middle. That's right. Um, I will just lay this out here. I love the second season of the show. I'm like the yeah. complete opposite of how I felt about the first season. So I'm very excited to get your sense on it. And hey, maybe we'll flip. Maybe Pete will hate it. <laughs> and Justin will stay right in the middle. But based on this first episode, how are you feeling about this versus season one, this episode, this kickoff, etc.? Well, I do think um, season one, uh, especially in relation to watching this first episode, felt very constrained. It felt like everyone had to be in a particular box and on a particular track. While this first episode feels like they've broken out of the mold, they've, they're have they out of the storyline and out of the continuity as part of the story. And I think that feels like the characters are much more free. They're much more um, in their own skin uh, as we see this episode unfold, despite the fact that we see them literally die again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very uh, excited to see what's going to unfold in season two because I also feel like everybody's got their characters more and they're kind of really used to the rhythm of the show and it feels from like... From an acting standpoint, Pete? From an acting standpoint, but also like, you know, in a first season of a TV show, it's like, why don't we try this and see if this works or what? how does this feel? So I feel like now they've kind of like... They're kind of a well-oiled machine a little bit more. And I'm excited to see for what that's going to mean for how things move forward. Now that we know these characters, we don't, you know what I mean? Like, we might still explore some stuff about them, but we don't have to, like, here's so-and-so's backstory. Here's so-and-so. I'm excited to see how this kind of show runs moving forward. Like, if it's going to be more chaotic, more amped up, like, how this is going to kind of unfold. But, um... One thing I, I'm a little worried about is ha- uh, Hazel, and I'm also worried, like, we didn't get, like, a crazy action scene with music, you know what I mean, in this episode. So I'm a little worried we might get away from that as well. But they did actually have an action sequence with cool music. That was the end of the episode. The whole uh, Swedes attacking thing was exactly that. Um, I, I will mention, before we get too into specific plot points, though. Yeah, but it was the Swedes got the action sequence, not our heroes. Diego was there. Right. But I'm also worried. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I'm also worried, like, (laughs) I don't want to go through the thing where we're fighting brother and sister the whole time. Like, after Mm -hmm. everything we went through last season, they're like, we got to get together and fight. And they're like, no, piss off. And it's like, no, I I can't do this for another season. Well, this was the... 
Oh, the, uh, this go, is the point I mean, that I was... Go ahead, Justin. No, we're saying the same thing, I think. I think this show is uh, inherently about this family that is can't get it together, finally getting it together. And they did it last season, but then the world yeah. ended. And now what? this, we're starting with the world ending twice, and they really got they really got to get it together. Yeah, <laughs> but Luther's like, fuck off, man. I'm some kind of like underling fucking minion dude here. The the point that I wanted to make is that I was very apprehensive to watch the Seekers season because I was so bummed by the first season. And this first episode, knowing going into it that they were all going to be separated again, all going to be back in time, even kind of knowing that they were going to be dealing with the end of the world again, it felt like, oh my God, we're doing the same thing in season two. But to Justin's point, I think immediately, even though this is almost a redo a remake of season one, at least of this first episode, it feels lighter. It feels quicker. It feels funnier. Uh, And one of the things, this is such a like technical thing, but all of the episodes this season are about 45 minutes long versus about an hour Mm. long in the previous season. Uh, And there was a, there was a press event before the season launched where I asked the showrunner about this and he was like, yeah, it was actually really hard to do that but it challenged us to compress all of the storytelling, you know, just sort of to get through the season. And his view on it was also to make it more bingeable, to make it like, if you're watching an hour-long episode, you're like, that was enough, I'm good, I I don't want to go on to episode two necessarily. But if it's a 45-minute episode and it goes quickly and uh, goes briskly through everything, you're more likely to check out the second episode. And and it feels that way in this first one, even watching it again. It's just like... Oh, this is this. The word you use, Justin, I think is lighter, and I think that's exactly right. I think they heard your guys's notes. You know, it was like <laughs> Zalbin wants more Klaus. Check. We're gonna Klaus it the fuck up, and then you know, Justin's like, I love a tight package, so they're like, All right, we're gonna trim it down, make it forty-five for you. It'll be a tighter package. Uh, yes, the episodes um, are a short, tighter package. The hair longer. Mm. Episodes shorter, hair longer. Except for Luther's body hair, which seems shorter. Do you think Diego's longer hair is actually Luther's body hair? Well, oh, also man. Klaus has longer hair. And well, it takes place in the 1960s. Hair. Have they invented glue by that point? Because otherwise mm-hmm. I don't know how he'd get the hair on, you know? Yeah, that's right. Glue famously invented in 1959. <laughs> <Yeah>. Before <laughs> that, people were like, I guess staples are the way we do this. We are going to put a glue on a guy. Wow. That's but wow. let me say, I think glue is sort of hastily of invented. <laughs> the, whoever came up with glue hates horses, and that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Because there's other things to use instead of glue, like sap, toothpaste. Mm. Why are we who, killing horses? Who hates horses? Glue uh, people. Oh, glue um, people. That's for what? I guess. <laughs> Big um, glue hates horses. That's who. Cow- like tired cowboys who like fell- have fallen oh. off. Yeah. Well, famously, I mean, you all know the story. This is a classic American story about Elmer uh, who hated <laughs> horses and killed a horse. And he's like, I'm going to boil you down and then found this sticky substance. He's like yeah. the Johnny Appleseed of glue. That's Wasn't right. Elmer like, like famously hated Mr. Ed and was like, I'm going to put an end <laughs> to all this. No more yeah. horses on TV. No more Eds. Yeah. Elmer was like, they were like, why'd you kill that horse, Elmer? He's like, um... I think the hooves could be sticky. 
figured huh. it out. The hard hooves, you say. All right, I'm going to follow you on this. Anyway, let's get into the plot of the episode. Yeah, why don't you break it down for us? I'll break it down for you, because it's actually pretty simple what happens in this episode, and that's another what? thing that I appreciate. Well, a lot goes on, but the basic gist of it is that after the world ended at the end of last season, Five did, in fact, jump his entire family through time back to the 1960s, but they all get dropped in different time periods. So uh, Klaus and Ben end up February 11th, 1960. Allison ends up in 1961. Luther in 1962. Diego later in 1960. Uh, and October 12th, 1963, Vanya Lanza gets hit by a car. And finally, it's Five Lands, November 25th, 1963, in the middle of another apocalypse. Things have clearly changed. Russians are attacking the United States. Nuclear bombs are blowing up. The whole team is working together. Uh, and he gets approached by none other than old Hazel, who tells him once again there's apocalypse, oh, tries to tell him how to stop it. And so five heads off to find out what goes on with his family. Um, so over the course of the episode, he's trying to unite his family once again to fight back this apocalypse, but they've all been living in Dallas or the environments, environs for varying periods of time and have ended up in very different places by this point. Uh, so while Five heads off, uh, finds a conspiracy theorist who's going to help him track everybody down, um, just to run down where everybody is in their individual storylines, uh, Klaus and Ben, we don't know exactly what's going on with it, but as mentioned, Klaus's hair is real long. He's, He's some out. kind of guru. He's some sort of guru. Ben is pretty pissed off about him. He ends up arrested by the end of the episode. Allison is a civil rights activist and married to she another civil like rights activist. She looks very happy. She's doing great, and she's talking again. Yeah. So her throat healed, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Luther, meanwhile, as mentioned, shorter hair, don't care. But he is fighting in a fight club and drinking and generally pissed off at the world. Uh, Diego has uh, clearly tried to stop the death of President Kennedy. That seems to be what a lot of the, the season is revolving around. That's pretty yeah. obvious. Uh, and ended up in a mental hospital and pals around with a woman there. Uh, gets attacked by these three silent Swedes in a milk truck uh, who... They manage to escape by the end of the episode. Uh, and Vanya, as mentioned, gets hit by a car, gets adopted by a family uh, who lives on a farm. Uh, they have an autistic son. She pals around uh, with the wife. The uh, husband seems pretty boring. The wife wants to get away from the husband. Uh, and Vanya, most importantly, has no memory of everything. Uh, yeah, of anything. she's Excuse also me. not white. Like, she, she's not, right. like, before she was uh, the white violin and she's now yeah. back to Vanya, which is crazy. Yeah, she's just like regular violin colored. Yeah, she's right, just regular yeah. violin. Yes. That's so what that's I call the, being normal. Is that <laughs> how you feel so today? Guess, oh, regular violin. I guess when you time travel, it can fix things because Allison all of a sudden can talk and Vanya is no, no longer. I, I well, think, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's time. Time has passed for everybody. We get that's to technically see. time travel, Alex. We're just oh, going forward true. very slightly in time. We're yes. time traveling right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. Think about it, man. We're all re- we're all regular violins just traveling forward. In How time. did you guys feel about the voiceover walking us through that? I was kind of like, who is that? It kind of sounded a little bit like Pogo, but not. I was like, who who's talking At the beginning? To yeah, uh, yeah. I think that was Pogo, right? It could have been. I don't. You know. You think it's a ghost of Pogo? Ooh, oh, Pogo ghost, monkey ghost, monkey ghost. Do you think all monkeys have are ghosts? After they die, or just monkeys that are butlers? That's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a, a question for question. the ages. Yeah. Uh, butlers. Have you do ever turn seen a dinosaur ghost? ghost? 
Have you ever seen a dinosaur ghost? I did see one dinosaur butler ghost. So the butler thing, I think, is like the uh, defining I mean, factor there. Wait, how did you know the dinosaur was a butler? Did it have like a little bow tie on? Or it like tried white to serve gloves? me tiny TC sandwiches, but it couldn't reach with its uh, tiny uh, little arms. And it kept dropping them. It was actually kind of adorable. Oh, yeah. man. But dinosaur butlers are horrible at their job, but it's such a flex if you have one. <laughs> <laughs> such a flex, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with what I'm sure Pete wants to talk about, which is a, a little blip on the radar, but we do find out what happened with Hazel uh, and the donut lady. They lived a full yes! life together, but she died of cancer, but he was 20 very happy. years, though. And then he he went out the way he wanted to, gunned down in a street in <laughs> Dallas. I mean, who peacefully. doesn't want to go out gunned down in the middle of the street? Uh, yeah, true. Exactly. I hope someday to be just walking down Fifth Avenue and have a president shoot me. <laughs> and have it not God. affect his popularity. Anything. But, uh, Absolutely he looked, anything. He looked happy. He seemed good. He looked and- happy when he was shot? I don't think he looked... No, when he was talking about Angus, and he was like, hey, I got 20 good years with her. Angus? Yeah. (laughs) He was talking about Angus beef. (laughs) He loves a good beef. Certified uh, Angus beef. Now, do you think... uh, Did she get cancer from the donuts? Is that what happened? Yep. Yep. Or because they flashed, like, a picture of them... I don't know. Maybe it was the... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I mean, it seems like uh, them together. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Her defining quality is that she likes donuts. So <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor, but I think she had donut cancer. Oh wow. My God. That's that the better worst. not be a thing. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. She, you're full of Bavarian cream. <laughs> Hooray. No, no. <laughs> no, no. That's actually a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's Hazel covered. Uh, who do we want to talk about first? I, I mean, I guess we can, can we, kind of go in order of where everybody is. Uh, Pete has an idea of where Pete, he wants to start. Go ahead, Pete. I want to start with number five sucks at getting his family together. Like he struggled all of last season and this season, like really annoying. Like he he's casually and then he fucked over Diego Luther, he's just casually hanging out uh, in his bu- the bar that he works at. Like, I don't know, man. It's a little upsetting that number five isn't better at selling the fact that, like, hey, guys, we need to work together on this. Well, I think that cuts to the core of the show. Like, number five feels like he's got all the logical answers and he can execute to try to get it done. But he has no understanding of the emotions that everyone's uh, feeling. So they they can't ever connect. And they're all sort of emotionally stunted in their own ways. Like, Luther's such a good boy. And then come to find out he was being lied to. So he's rebelling. And that's why he's in this fight club situation. Allison feels like she has most of the a grip on sort of the the emotional intelligence of other people, but she's also covering up all of her real emotions. So it makes her choices. Like she's always trying to get away from the family because it's such an open wound with her. Vanya's just messed up from her time there. Like everyone has these scars and it's about sort of digging through. Now, did anybody think that that little kid, um, cause they went back in time. It was like, they said his name and I was like, wait, was that one of the Alice's aliases for the creepy kid? Wait, which creepy kid? What do you mean? The creepy oh, guy. Leonard? No, yeah. no, that's not Leonard. Uh, this is a kid named Harlan. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't know. It sounds he like went Harold. By, 
He went by a couple names, mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure if maybe that was some kind of connection. Yeah, I, I will say he's a totally unconnected character. It's not okay. Yeah, and I want to just touch on something that uh, Justin talked about. He talked uh, uh, about how kind of like Luther is struggling and Allison is doing well. The homeless person walking by yelling Allison with Luther was hysterical and a very, very fun funny. moment. Yeah. I think overall, and this is kind of getting into broad season stuff, but I think even in this episode, they know what to do with Luther more. Like, Luther felt like this weird element that didn't quite work in the first season. And here, having that Allison moment, him shouting, uh, I don't remember, I wrote down the line because I thought it was so funny, What when Five meets up with Elliot, and he's like, there was a sad guy yelling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the alleyway. Goes, Again, Luther. he, Luther's kind of dumb. Like, he's a dumb lug. So treating him in that way is a much more fun game for him uh, as a character. And the stuff at the end, I think to get to what Justin was saying, both the thing with Diego and the thing with Luther work for me because time has passed for them and they've been yeah. alone, you know, versus that. that's kind of what they tried to get to with the first season and it didn't quite work. But I think... Again, this sort of do-over happens here um, where they really have a load back in time, completely lost, have no idea. None of their family members are there. That's a bad situation to be in. And I think they'd be pissed at five versus five. It's been like a day since this has happened, you know, so he's still in mission mode. I was a little disappointed, though, that they were like, "Okay, I got zapped here. Uh, And it was funny because they were like. The guy, the kind of conspiracy theory guy was like, oh, yeah, the the Harry guy kept coming back. And I was like, good. Like, if I zap forward in time, I would keep checking the spot that I landed to see if, you know, other, you know, that's the spot where you would come through. And so I thought the camera was like maybe Diego being smart and being like, okay, you know, when there's the blue light happens, like the camera goes off or something. But like... uh I think one of my favorite Diego moments uh, so far is when he's in the kind of uh, uh, asylum and he is like, they're like, hey, you have a visitor. And he's like, who? <laughs> like, that was just yeah. like such a funny uh, moment. Uh, but then number five, man, it's hard to like number five. He has his moments, but he is just so cold with his, his family. Like the way he rats out Diego is heartbreaking. Well, I think he considers the family sort of a job. So they're like his coworkers rather than people. He goes like, hey, we have to go do this thing. We have to go save the day. And because, and for the most part, they're pretty good heroes. Like there's a, this great sequence at the beginning of the episode where they are fighting on the streets of Dallas when Five shows up, uh, fighting the Soviets. And they're all being great superheroes all at the same time. Yeah, that was crazy to see. It was great. Um and it's just they're bad when they feel because they're they're kids. They are emotionally stunted adults who act like kids. Luther, I think, acts a lot like um, one of our favorite characters in, from comics, Cyclops Scott Summers. <laughs> a lot of Cyclops <laughs> qualities. No, dude, with him. Don't don't do that. And I, no, I I agree with that. I think that's no, a yeah. good estimation. Be it's. He, well, no, Pete, he's your estimation of Cyclops, right? Like he is a, the a line is actually leader. big one, big one, cried a lot. And that's like, that's Cyclops. Like if you th- actually think Cyclops is bad, him sitting in the corner and moping all the time and everybody would be like, shut up, you're not doing anything. That's what you talk about with Cyclops all the time. I disagree about Cyclops, but I do think that's applicable to Luther. 
The other thing yeah. that I want to mention uh, about the Diego thing, Five shuts him down because he says he's going to save President Kennedy. And Five is like, I'm trying to preserve the timeline. I'm trying to prevent the apocalypse, what you're potentially bringing on the apocalypse. So that's why he shuts him down. Uh, it's yeah. partially because it's pissed at his brother. But I think the main reason is like, I got to shut down Diego, move on to my next sibling, and then figure out how to stop whatever is coming. Uh, and while we're talking about all of them, I, I I like the moves with Vanya this season and this episode as well. Like, it gets her. We didn't have to, like, kill her. We don't have to, like, deal with her. She's a little bit off the board, and we're going to so, sort of, similar to last season, watch her slowly creep on and hopefully end up becoming a hero by the end of this season. We'll see. I don't know, man. At the very least, this is a point you made, Justin, in the last episode, because she was so white violined up the entire time. We get to see Ellen Page act, which is nice. Yeah. And she's in a family drama situation, which is very different from the superhero family drama situation she was in last season. Um, if I'm remembering back. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I don't trust Carl. Speaking of that family situation, you know, I mean, why is he out so late? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. anyone that doing? stays out late is up to no good. Well, I, I mean, so. there's working late in bed but by see- curfew. I always say, "Yep, yep." Rebel without a chance to break curfew. Is what they <laughs> Rebel without you. a rebellion. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Allison because she's obviously in a very, very different place here, in a very different sort of storyline. Um, clearly. They're dealing with the fact that she is black, which is something that they didn't really touch on in the first season at all, and throwing her right into the civil rights movement with a new character. She's married, which is the big emotional twist uh, for her and Luther. Uh, But what do you think about this storyline? She doesn't intersect with Five at all. She's very much off in her own place the entire time. Yeah, when I heard the knock at the door, I was really hoping it was going to be Five. But it seems like Five is like, well, I've got 10 days. I don't have to rush and get everybody in one day. I can casually, you know. He doesn't know where everybody is yet. He found out where uh, Diego was through Elliot, the the conspiracy theorist, which, by the way, I don't know if this is purposeful or not, but he is clearly Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Strong vibes. Uh, which I thought is super fun. But he finds out from him, and then somehow he manages to track down Luther as well. I mean, how big is Texas, really? You know what I mean? Like, how hard would it be to track somebody down? Texas you know? is one of the smallest states. Yeah. 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 It's like Rhode Island. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> Pete, I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've heard any <laughs> catchphrases from Texas, but a lot of them are specifically about how big it is. <laughs> oh, oh, weird. In, I, in fact, I know, everything's I know you got to recycle Texas. when you're in Texas. I know that much. I think you're mistaking Texas for another state, like Texas. In Maine. Be yeah. kind, rewind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so many red boxes down there. Uh, uh, the Allison storyline. Just back to that for a second. That's what oh, we're sure, talking. Sure, yes, sure, yeah, Justin. Yeah. What was your take on it? So what I was going to say is. It's interesting because Allison was sort of the hero at the end of the first season. She was bringing the family together and sort of doing the right thing. We have to take care of Vanya. We have to come together as a family. She didn't specifically didn't kill Vanya because she believes in her family. And then this season, it feels like she's rejected all of that and is like, well, um, I that family doesn't work. It's not going to work out with Luther. The family I started in the regular timeline didn't work out because of her issues uh, with her powers. And then now I'm just going to throw both of those away and restart a new family here with a movement and getting involved in something I can believe in. So it's interesting that she's rejecting the family again. 
Um, it's yeah. a change to me. But uh, with her powers, she can, like, affect uh, racism individually, you know, just like, mm-hmm. I heard a rumor you're not racist anymore. You know, if she can just walk <laughs> up to every person in her town, you know, like, one by one, she can solve that out. That's true. And I think that would be responsible storytelling on the part of the Umbrella Academy to be like, yep. racism is easily solved. <laughs> <laughs> just whisper. Whisper mm-hmm. into people's little ears. Yeah. Uh, we so, have not talked no about the racist. most important character in the show yet, Klaus, uh, who has a fantastic storyline in this episode. He is on the road with Ben, as mentioned. They're super pissed off at each other. They have a fight in the road, <laughs> which is nobody else can see Ben, so that's fun. And then we get the poker game where Ben totally the- screws him over, and I love this turn. I love this dynamic. I love seeing more of Ben uh, in this episode. Just so much fun overall. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Like, uh, first off, I lost it when that guy was driving by and just seeing uh, him on the floor, just kind of struggling with nobody. It's such a fun, like, oh, yeah, you are so used to seeing two people, but it's actually just one person talking to himself. So it's always fun to, like, I'm never tired of that bit. But also when he's like running for his life and he's like, now, now you're starting to, you know, you know, fight for yourself and like try self-realize like that was a really funny moment. It's nice. It's the the buddy comedy aspect here. It's sort of a yeah. blend of uh, Fight Club, where one of them isn't real, and Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> where they're both just fucking with each other the whole time. Like, I could see this all season. I, lo- I would love it. I, yeah, I don't get tired of this at all. And the fact that like... Oh, yeah, he's bluffing. He doesn't have anything. Yeah, that was just really, really great. And that's sort of across the board. I feel like they just made such smart choices, at least coming out of this first episode, where, like, look, everyone has a different little character game they're going to explore. They have emotional stakes, some of them. But also, Klaus and Ben feel like there's some stakes there, but it's also like, this is fun. Let's just do this for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, and just good lines, as usual, from now, Robert Sheehan. Yes, Pete. I might be wrong, <laughs> but it seemed like the guy who he stole the truck from was one of the like people who was chasing them later. It was just uh, you know a r- redneck white dude that I'm thinking looks like other redneck white dudes. Who's chasing who later? Who do you mean? So uh, in the uh, hospital... Or when oh. uh, it, it looked like that guy was kind of part of that. No, 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 no. no. Okay. <laughs> two totally different characters. The, okay. the three characters. You're really, are, really, you're really reading into the conspiracy theories here. Hey, like, once somebody kind it. of brings that up, then I'm like, oh, maybe this is connected. That extra was also an extra in the Big Bang Theory. So what I'm thinking is uh, Young Sheldon directly connects with Five, and they are going to become classmates at um, the same school that the Saved by the Bell cats goes to when they uh, go to the beach season. So uh, that's that's the truth. Wait, what's the name of the school? Seaside High? Is that what it is? Uh, Bayside Bayside. High, but they actually worked at the beach um, in uh, one season. Yeah. If uh, seagulls go to Seaside High, what goes to Bayside High? Wow, Alex. <laughs> ba- bagels. Bays yes, go that, there. Bagels it's crazy that you had that joke on tap. Like, Locked that was not, learn, that's not, all that times. was, uh, <laughs> the odds of that coming up are very low. So you can just, you, you can cross that off your, I want to say, bucket list. 
Uh, yeah, this is it for me. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I had this, this one last run. joke, and then I can finally die of donut cancer. <laughs> good way to go. That's how I'm doing it. Yeah. No, man. I, I didn't want to go that way. I wanted to die getting shot down in the street. It's a know, great peacefully. second peacefully. choice. It's a great... Uh, before we start to wrap up here, any other notes from the episode? Any other moments that particularly jumped out to you? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Uh, what did you Gone think about like the... a fart in the wind? Was a funny line by your boy Klaus. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the new woman tagging along with Diego? I liked her. Yeah, I I'm curious. Uh, I mean, Diego famously not great at having relationships work out right. with yes. his romantic and with his mom, who we found out was a robot. So I'm curious if we're going to change that up a little bit. Also, Klaus yelled, eat shit, you shit eater. That was a good one, too. Um, one other thing to say is, like, I really like um, the first season. It looked great, but again, it felt a little like stilted in the way it was like moving from different set pieces and uh tight packages um when this feels like it's a little more fluid in the look and feel like the there's just great shots throughout the diego throwing his knife and like hooking that dude oh, on the yeah, telephone pole <laughs> like i love that stuff and that really um helps to just make it an interesting give us an interesting interesting perspective um on these sh- the way it's filmed and on the other end of the spectrum i think there's some nice emotional beats there where they take the time to have a conversation that's interesting and good, like uh, Vanya smoking with Sissy in the barn and her talking about her escape plan. It's sweet. It's nice. It's well shot. Uh, just just a good scene with a new character and a good actress. I'm forgetting what she's from, but she's done a bunch of other things. Uh, and, uh, you know, this gets back to the Ellen Page is a good actress thing, but it's nice to see her in these one-on-one scenes because they're very strong. Yeah. Agreed. Also, the uh, Dodge that uh, Klaus was driving was magnificent. Absolutely mm. glorious uh, piece uh-huh. of machinery. Nice. Yeah. Uh, before we start, that to ra- Dodge that Dodge was actually in the background of an X Files episode from uh-huh. twenty five years ago. So I think that that car is a sentient car along the lines of the car Christine from the Stephen King book, not the movie. And that car is going to is going to drive out of the show back into a book. That's uh, going to happen. Is it weird that I was like, oh, my God, Luther, please get a relationship going with that nice lady you work with because I don't want your heart to get broken by Allison again because it seems like she's not uh, – she's got like a whole family thing going on. Are you the pushing a workplace, a, a workplace romance, Pete? Because those can be dangerous. Yeah, you're playing with fire for sure. Yeah. It'd be like getting involved with someone who you meet like through your podcast or your work or anything like that. Mm, that would be yeah, bad. That, that would be, be very bad. Yeah, you know, awful. it's risky. It's risky business <laughs> for sure. Before we start to wrap up here, top marks of the episode. Who gets top marks? Pete. This is tough. It's uh, you know it's a new beginning. It's a fresh season. You know which way to go on this one. Fifty bucks as you go with Ben. Ah, yeah, I was just going to say Ben, but then you said, you said that, and I don't want you to make $50. Really? I, I was pretty sure it was going to be Hazel, despite the five seconds of the episode. Oh, yeah, thank you, Hazel. <laughs> it was Hazel. I was so happy, because I was worried about him. Uh, Agnes, it's hard not to say Donut Lady every time, but uh, I'm so happy he got that Her name's before. Angus. Her name's Angus. Angus. Yeah, 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 the movie Angus. Famous beef. But I think it's uh, – I'm going to go with that just because I'm so happy they did that at the top of the season. That way it's not this 
thing I'm worrying about all season. So I'm so happy they addressed that. So Hazel wins. Yeah, there you um, go. Justin? I'm going to give it up to Diego. Like a character from the first season that I feel like never really got his due. Felt like he was a little bit on the side and his um, the, the stuff that he was working toward and the plot lines he was on never really took center stage or helped. He was always like just being a little bit obnoxious. Um, and this season it definitely feels like he gets to have a storyline, be a full character, and I'm excited to see where he goes. Plus, he just looks really good with the long hair, too. I Fully, mean, that, that long uh, Luther hair. I mean, just to kind of why we're talking about Diego, uh, I just want to say he had that hilarious Skywalker line in there. And also, you know, uh, hope maybe his love interest, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, she keeps baking in her shoe, and that's mm. glorious. That is just mm-hmm. what a yeah. smart lady. Who's doing it things right. That's going to make great wedding vows someday. Yeah. When I first smelled your bacon shoe, oh. it was love at first bite. Hey. Ooh, that's pretty good. Bagels. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wrestled with this really hard, but I think I got to give it up for Klaus this episode. Yeah, you do. I know, right? Yeah, you do. No, as usual, you're just amazing. And the storyline was amazing. The way he... When they're walking down the road and they're exhausted, the way Robert Sheehan moves his body, he's just walking like a tired five-year-old. It's just a joy to watch him. And I really enjoyed this episode overall. Uh, Like you said, Diego, so much better. Luther, so much better. Loved Allison's storyline. Loved all the storylines across the board. But Klaus, there's that special something that just knocks it to the next level. And in this case, maybe it's Ben as well, because seeing a little yeah. more Ben is always nice. Yeah. And there yeah. you go. That is it for this episode of the Umbrella Academy. If you'd like to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy. Uh, socially, at Academy. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Uh, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, see you later. <laughs> Class dismissed is the thing you say. Hey, at this see point, you Alex, later. See you later, says my <laughs> the professor Peace that out. I admire and respect. <laughs>